fashion insider friends what is up this is the fashion crimes podcast where i cover all things fashion style shopping style inspiration and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better yes i'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40 and i mean way after 40 Say it with me, fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. Hello, Fashion Insider Besties. What is up? How you doing? What's going on? And what's the haps? My name is Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist. And as always, the only Holly you need to know. Welcome to the Fashion Crimes Podcast. I am so excited. I hope if you are a new listener that you have listened to our 100th episode, which was with the one, the only Miss Melissa Rivers. We had such an amazing time talking to her. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to episode 100. That would be incredible. And I don't know how your day can get any better. If you have been a Fashion Insider Bestie, Do not hesitate to share with someone you love. Make sure that you pass on this information and have you and yourself and anybody else go to the Fashion Crimes Podcast website, drop your email into the pop-up box. You will get a free video, the biggest fashion mistakes that people make because, you know, guess what? Y'all need to hear it. Anyway, I'm so excited. We have a super, super BFD today. This person has a bio that is Unlike any other, she has translated her personal and professional passions into pioneering sustainability in the fashion industry. She has become a fixture searching for forgotten textiles with documented stories to tell from a previous time. I mean, who does that? Her clothes have been on the likes of Misty Copeland, Erica Badu, Rihanna, and so many more. She was just named the Fashion Group International Rising Star 2022 Diesel Sustainability Award. I'm telling you, we are so excited. Damn it. Welcome Mimi Prober to the show. Mimi, welcome. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. It's a pleasure to connect with you and to be a part of your awesome podcast. I'm so excited to talk and to share our story with your audience. Oh, thank you so much, Mimi. I met you at the FGI Rising Star Awards. Tell us, I want you to give us all of your background, but tell me how long have you been a fashion designer? Let's start there. I actually graduated from FIT uh, in 2012. Um, So that's kind of where I developed my philosophy of integrating antique textiles to establish a sustainable future. Uh, So I guess I've been, you know, doing this kind of for, for, for over 10 years. But as far as our brand and our business, we launched following along our philosophy into uh, stores and uh, ready to wear pieces and uh, retail outlets uh, starting in 2017. So I've been gradually growing my business through that time period, kind of developing my signature philosophy, uh, connecting my passion for these heirloom antiques, art history, and the preservation of techniques that could have easily been lost and forgotten. Now, did you grow up around fashion and clothes? Did you wear vintage clothes? Because I know myself, I started shopping and vintage and secondhand stores when I was 16. So that's how my love of vintage started. How did it start for you? 
Absolutely. I mean, I've always kind of uh, been going and kind of DIYing, recreating pieces um, since, you know, I was, I feel like 10 years old. But really, my love of fashion in general and also the appreciation of fashion as art and just vintage and just beautiful details and techniques was through my grandmother, who was a French Moroccan. She grew up having a seamstress that would make her beautiful clothing. And she shared that passion and that love for these beautiful textiles. And just, you know, they don't make them like they used to. And and we enjoyed so much time together shopping for those uh, treasures and finds and sharing her stories about her pieces that she saved over the years. And that kind of, I think, really set the foundation for my love and appreciation of all of these antique textiles. Now, did you grow up in a big family? Did you have brothers and sisters? Were you the like the black sheep or is your whole family creative? I'm actually the only child. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm very close to, um, you know, my family. Uh, my father was in the music industry. My mom uh, was in jewelry or is in jewelry. So I grew up, I think, uh, in that creative field and they always supported me 1000% um, in my creative endeavors. I, I started out really with a fine arts background and I love art history and I have also a history of art minor. Um, so all of those little dots kind of connected themselves into my work today. Did you start out, I know you went to school, but you went to flea markets, estate sales, vintage sales, things like that. And then you just finally came around and said, hey, I can make this better. Is that what happened? Not necessarily. So basically, we utilize antique textiles as well as creating custom textiles based on these antique techniques, kind of using them as the narrative uh, to kind of think about preservation, really. First and foremost is preserving kind of the artistry of the past. As I mentioned before, these are textiles that could have easily been forgotten. And my goal is to really um, preserve them and take them on to the next generation. So I've worked with museums. Um, it, I always like to make this super clear that we don't use pieces that should be as themselves, um, still like garments, you know, in a museum. So we use pieces that maybe have value in the textile, but are no longer serving their purpose as uh, the specific garment. So I hand embroider, hand drape, um, and recreate these cherish antique textiles and give them a new life and hopefully will be passed on for future generations to come. When you say textiles, are you buying bolts of fabric? You're not buying vintage clothes and refiguring them is what you're saying. Yeah, we don't reconfigure vintage clothes necessarily. Um, it's actually just like antique textile fragments. So small pieces of antique lace, I'll hand drape and hand embroider. That's how I, I started. Um, and then we use those as inspiration. We we work with a lot of like antique embroideries and just, you know, smaller fragments of textiles, antique coverlets, all, all of these different textiles that, again, are a textile, but not a bolt of fabric. Um, I got you. Is, are they hard to find? Do you buy from other companies? Do you buy in bulk? How do you come about these treasures? Exactly, they're treasures. So it's it's a it's a process, and that's I love the connection to the people that you meet. Um, usually, you know, they're individuals that have inherited pieces that aren't really sure, you know, what what to do with these pieces. That hopefully they don't want to just throw them away because they're really valuable and meaningful. Um, so working, you know, with 
people directly, um, learning about their history. A lot of these textiles that we use do have like, you know, a signature, a date, a story um, attached to that. So I try to share that as well. And really just, you know, it's a it's a continuous process. I'm always searching for that treasured forgotten textile, um, whether it is, you know, an estate or an auction or just stumbling upon you. You never know where you're where you're going to find it. And I wish there was one place I could say this is where you get it. But that's yeah, it's of- all over. I'm sure. I'm, do you travel to other countries first in search of things like that? I have. I have. That's awesome. So do you have a big design team or do you sketch or do you say, hey, I got X fabric. I'm thinking of this. Do you have to approve it or do you just go for it and let it come out of your head? Take us through, you know, when you get something, how it gets to the next phase in your mind. Sure. So we're a very small team and I definitely have a hand and a say in everything that we do from searching from that textile to I do still a lot of the hand draping um, designing. And we work with our small atelier team to create these one of a kind pieces, as well as we work with artisans internationally and through our production partners uh, to create our ready to wear collection, um, which is based on kind of the inspiration of these antique textile techniques. But we work directly with them to kind of revive and revigorate and all of the artisans that are still doing these beautiful, detailed work in a sustainable way. They're usually small families. My goal is to really support them and, again, preserve that for um, the future generations to come. It's so detailed. So you get something and then you have to figure out how you're going to treat it who's going to help you do it and how to bring it to life. That's a lot to think about when you're trying to create one of a kind pieces. It's so incredible to me to see how different people interpret old textiles in different ways. And I mean, just looking when we saw you at your studio, I mean, my God, you're surrounded by lace and fabric and and dye. And it's just, it's really cool to see what you're doing. Do you think you have a lot of competition? Are there other people doing what you do? Um, So it's interesting, you know, as kind of that catchphrase of sustainability, you know, has kind of taken hold. And in the industry, there's definitely been different brands and businesses that have popped up, you know, with with similar kind of like ethoses and uh, ideas. I'm honored to have really been one of the founding in this in this last last uh, 10 years um, kind of of that kind of philosophy. But I like to think of it as a community. We really need this kind of thinking um, as long as it's authentic and transparent. I think the conversation is so important. Um, And I always say big change starts small. So I'm hoping that as the years progress, this will grow on multi-levels. The fashion industry has such a terrible, terrible rap about the waste in the factories and the mistreatment of employees. And you don't really know what's going on. Everything that you make, is it made in the United States? I first started off making only locally, but then I found wonderful production partners internationally who are doing incredible work. We work directly with multi-generational family-run farms and mills that integrate sustainable practices, small-scale, you know, farm, local, and centralized regional sustainable fiber systems. 
in the U.S., so locally in upstate New York and Missouri, as well as internationally, um, artisan fibers. Uh, so we work with really beautiful, fine cashmere yak, fine wool, which is actually sourced um, by Karnak nomads in the remote region of the Indian Himalayas. So really, it's a partnership to preserve these ancient textile techniques, the hand spinning, the knitting, the weaving, and to come together around the globe and support these individual artisans and families that really have the risk of being pushed out right <laughs> the larger production facilities that you, that you're mentioning and one of the most wonderful collaborations that we recently have and use on all of our pieces as well as when we're not using antique lace, we work with a wonderful women's lace guild uh, in India that her mother had originally uh, started it and they still do this beautiful handmade bobbin lace. Um, So it's really a a dying art. Nobody does handmade lace anymore. Not Mm -hmm. when we first connected with them, almost all of the lace makers were leaving for other professions. And we've been able as a small, as our small scale to really just make a difference and keep them working on this beautiful lace and keep their history alive. That is kind of my goal is really creating meaningful pieces um, that go beyond just beautiful clothing. Um, you know, it's all of those hands of creation and working directly one-on-one with them to support them as well as, you know, bringing it forward. You're like a great neighbor. I love that. It's it's women supporting women. I think that's sort of where you're really interested in supporting small people that are doing things that people on the mainstream might not notice. And and I love that about you. I think it's so important to support you, female entrepreneurs and other people who are trying to be in the fashion industry, but do something a little bit different to catch the attention of, hey, not everything you have to buy has to come from fast fashion or has to be such a quick turnaround. You can buy something like this beautiful knit sweater that you sent to me, which I'm going to do some styling videos on. And this is never going to go out of style. I mean, it never is. It it looks like a fisherman's loose knit sweater, but I'm telling you the tags is, which is what's killing me on your tag say, First of all, it's a beautiful tag and it looks like handmade art inspired paper, like this thick handmade botanical paper. I work. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it says textile narratives, preservation process, honoring the heads that created the art. Who does that? I just think your tags are are stunning. And on the back of the tag, and I'm going to take a picture of this and put this on in the show notes, it says collection, material, source, color, and made in. And all of these details are filled out to the utmost degree. It's incredible how detailed every single thing that goes into just say this one particular sweater. I mean, that's like mad respect. (laughs) Well, thank you for appreciating it. Um, Yes. So again, I I don't want to create pieces uh, that don't have a meaning. And my goal is to really create pieces that are seasonless and that people want to build upon in their wardrobe and will preserve and cherish for their next generation. And really every aspect of what we do um, has true research and transparency in all of the ways that we create. Our brand is built on these four sustainability pillars, which is preservation, farm to fiber, ethical production and community engagement. As a consumer, I don't think many people that aren't involved in the industry actually know 
that real people make your clothing, real people farm your textiles if they're natural fiber. And if they're not natural fibers, um, you know, those people are uh, <laughs> uh, getting the chemicals that go into all of that. And I and on on and on and on about that. But um, I just think it's really important for consumers to understand that there is a hand that goes into every piece of clothing, no matter what the price point is or where you get it from. I always say, because I'm when I work with clients, personal styling clients, you really get what you pay for. And a lot of people don't understand the value of why things cost what they cost. And for a designer like you, where you've got 12 things that you've done to this one piece of fabric or to this one weave or to this one lace, I can't imagine not making things in bulk and doing these huge orders. It's so slow. You have to be so patient. It all really intimately involves, you know, the hands of creation, but it's also my goal just to make sure that every everybody from every aspect, you know, whether it's the textile, again, we make our own custom textiles. If they're not antique textiles, we know where that came from. We're supporting and providing um, beyond living wages to all of these people. And, you know, it it might not be the most sustainable for our bottom line for our business, but I would not create clothing that is into the world because I think there's so much in our world already without supporting those individual people. And that's really our business model, which is like supporting not only the past, but like I said, reinvigorating the present by supporting these artisanal crafts and preserving it for the next generation. What you're really doing is educating people on what they're wearing and saying, hey, if you buy this, it comes with a story. It comes with a process. It comes with a piece of you, literally, Actually, our provenance cards, like you said, each each tag is meant to be kept with a piece and it tells the individual story of all of all of the details with the natural dye process, uh, with how our textiles are made, who made them. And then we work with uh, it's, it's also an extension also of our zero waste philosophy. So this paper, if you notice, it has like little bits of the antique textiles kind of uh, fragmented inside the paper. Uh, we work with a small woman run business who creates these custom papers by hand hand using recycled cotton. And then she adds our small fragments of the antique textiles and antique embroidery thread clippings. Um, So it's really a full circle philosophy, not only sharing that story, but like you said, every, every detail I do try to think out. And it's very, very important for us to share the story in that way that really showcases and honors the art and elevates the process of, of making beautiful clothing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, honestly, and I've seen a lot of clothes. I've talked to a lot of designers. I've been around fashion clothes my whole life. I've never seen anything like it. That's why I thought it was so important as we talk about Earth Day and sustainability and people that are trying to be ethical and trying their hardest to really slow the production process down. I mean, I just, you've got to give props to these people who are really just like you that are really trying to make a difference and say, hey, I'm not making as much money as I could be making, but what I'm doing is what I'm doing with intention. And it makes sense to me the way that you take each care and you know where the wool is coming from and the dye. And I just, I love that. I I just think that's so important, which leads us to your award. So tell us how you were nominated, who you were up against. Tell us about your experience winning the Sustainability Award. 
Well, I think I just have to say about Fashion Group International, like it's such an incredible platform that I think resonates so beautifully with what I do as well. I mean, they're they're such a historic organization. You know, they've been around for so long. And like you said, it's it started off with women and it's women supporting women. Um, now, obviously, you know, also it includes men, which is wonderful. More more people at the table. But I think really like their ethos aligns so wonderfully uh, with mine as well. So, I mean, it was quite the honor. There really are no words that can express um, being recognized for something that is so important to me. Um, It really is our whole entire business and everything that we do and the whole reason why I even have, you know, a business or or decide to, to make clothing. So sustainability is such a big word. And again, um, it's wonderful to have the community kind of acknowledge and appreciate that. And I'm just really excited to see what opportunities come from from just the connections through FGI, as well as kind of these conversations in the industry and how we can all come together as a community to really reshape and rethink the way that we do business. Yeah, it's kind of like smoking. Remember how smoking became so taboo and like nobody smokes anymore? It's kind of like super hip and to be really eco-conscious and know where your clothes came from and know who made them and who sewed them and who dyed them and who put together. That's like a really big trend right now. So you're certainly riding that wave, you know, all the way to the top. Tell me, who do you think or who is the Mimi Prover customer? Our customer, I don't think has an age. Really, they're clients that are conscious with an artistic appreciation, somebody that loves handcrafts and, you know, respects Uh, the people, the planet and the environment. And they're appreciative of, like we said, you know, pieces that they're investing and they love that process. They love the story. They understand and connect. And I have such wonderful clients that just do and and just embrace all of those aspects. Um, I would say, honestly, it's, you know, an individual that's looking for pieces to collect and cherish and that they're going to build upon and again, take over for the next generation. Um, You know, it's not an individual like, you know, <laughs> it's not like a wham, bam. No, I get it. My clients really range, range in age. And just I think the the connection is that they really appreciate where their clothing comes from and appreciate the artistry of that. And I think even even, you know, when we sell uh, to our retail partners, maybe they're purchasing because they think, you know, this is a really beautiful dress. But at the end of the day, um, I've had people come back to me and just appreciate those tags, the story, understanding the natural dye process, all of those things. So it's it's nice to have like a community of appreciation of people that just really connect with the clothing and then find out more about it through that process. Again, I'm just using me as an example. I collect. I have a piece of, of yours in my collection now that will never go out of style. I can style it a bunch of different ways. And like you said, I would hand it down the same way I would hand down my Alexander McQueen dress or something like that. That's a piece of fashion history. So I definitely think it's for a more, when I say advanced, I mean, somebody who's used to shopping, who enjoys the shopping process and and wants to buy something of value, who can understand where it came from and then have it for the rest of their lives because it's not... It, 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 I don't want to say it's classic, but it's not something that you would wear and discard because it's evergreen. It has a life forever because you've gave it a new life, pretty much. 
and you know we do a lot of custom pieces as well so we're always you know doing a fitting and um, individualized pieces based on our collection I love connecting with clients it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, just share in that community and understanding and learn more about them and then also apply that to the clothing that we're creating and how it can all around be meaningful for everybody question for you how do you cut your patterns are you definite like two four six eight ten are you size inclusive tell us about your sizing so i mean it's interesting with from a retail standpoint in terms of our uh, retail partners we produce what they order but as far as our atelier which are our custom pieces uh we are completely size inclusive we can we can make any sizes based on a collection piece um it would just be you know a one of a kind um where we take your measurements and then we pad out the dress form and then create that into a pattern uh, for the individual. Do you make the patterns? Do you have people doing that for you? I work with my atelier team. Um, I know how to make the patterns, but I am very lucky to have a wonderful pattern maker who I adore is also a super close friend of mine. And then we do. So I'm capable of it, obviously, going to FIT. I had a wonderful pattern making teacher. Mm -hmm. It's great to have, like a, again, a community of people that you can work with, that you can trust, and that we can all come together to to create these pieces. What do you think the biggest problem is with women who can't find clothes that fit? Because I work with women all the time who says, my body's weird. I can't find any pants that fit me. I had someone email me yesterday. I'm X size and I'm this tall, you know, this type of jean. It doesn't look good on me. What should I do? When do people come to you with sizing complaints and uh, things like that? What do you think the biggest hole in the market is? I mean, that's such a, a deep question. I'm not sure if like I'm the best person to answer. <laughs> well, you could try. You could certainly try. You know, I think just in general from any brand, um, you have fit models and, you know, grading different. It's it's not a, like you said, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, mm -hmm. amongst all designers. So each designer is going to have a different fit model. They're going to have different grading requirements. Um, again, it goes to like, you know, the retailer. They're going to have different, you know, sizing orders um if we're talking about you know just ready to wear pieces unfortunately that's just how it is <laughs> I, don't I know, know. and it, I want you to be I think that's so important to say that every person has different patterns different pattern makings different grading systems so it's just it's people that are making these things behind the scenes yes but again, it's not like an automated process. So I guess um, what I would say, you know, to, to your listeners or to whoever sent that email is don't get discouraged. You know, you might need to try on a ton of different brands to find that brand that fits for you or, you know, find yourself a wonderful tailor locally if you can and they can do custom fittings for you. You know, I know it's an extra step. It's an unfortunate. But when you are just buying off the rack, it's hard finding what works for you. Yes, yes. It's really hard. And I try, you know, they try on two pair of pants and they leave, right? But when you work with someone like a mini prober or someone who is going to really curate that 
peace with you in mind, it's totally worth the experience. It's totally worth it to go to someone like Mimi and say, hey, I have a hard time fitting in X. I would love to see what you can do for me for this or for that. And that's how fashion can really speak to you and be different and make you stand out. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's a great, you know, opportunity again to be able to be interested in a piece or a style and then be able to customize it to fit you and to work with you. I definitely agree whether that's, you know, me um, or that's, you know, somebody I get again locally um, modifying some some piece that, you know, bought off the rack. Do you wear only your clothes? What do you wear mostly? I actually do wear mostly my clothing, um, which is been the wonderful thing of doing production for retailers uh it's like we actually can add in a couple pieces for me which is Mm -hmm. nice I love that yeah but um I also wear vintage um I love uh vintage rock shirts (laughs) Uh, right right I talked about that in my last in last week's podcast we talked about vintage rock t-shirts I love that so do you buy it on specific bands that you like or eras tell us how you source those so again, it's kind of like the same process as me sourcing my antique textiles. I mean, I've been buying them for, oh my goodness, I've I've worn them since I was like <laughs> 13. Do you have a collection? Uh, I do. Um, so I've been buying them for uh, over 20 years at this point. Um, not to reveal my age, but who cares? Um, no, please. I mean, I talk about my age all the time. I'm 48. So yeah, it's something that um, will always stay in our collection and um you know, I was able to do a, a few really cool t-shirts, a t-shirt this season based on uh, my dad's music history. That was a really amazing homage. This entire spring collection actually was inspired by him and his work in the music industry. So that's incredible. What a good daughter you are. It's an important story that that needed to be shared. And I feel very grateful that I was able to put that out into the world. So that's pretty much what I wear. (laughs) That's so exciting. So I know your custom department is different from your ready to wear. Tell us a little bit about your ready to wear line. Our ready to wear collection is primarily we work with uh, using the antique textiles as the inspiration and working with individual artisans to create these custom textiles. So again, it's a lot of hand spinning hand weaving, hand knits, <laughs> the knit you were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, as well as botanical dyeing. We do that all over, whether it's our atelier collection or our ready-to-wear collection. All of our pieces, if they are new textiles, they're all organic, they're all custom-made. It's not only preserving those history and those special stories of the antique textiles, but again, using them as a way to support the future generations. Do you consider consider yourself an artist? Do you paint? Do you sculpt? Do you do anything else on the side? Before I went to FIT, I studied fine arts. I definitely consider myself a Renaissance woman. Um, I love all things creative and appreciate uh, art history in many forms. Um, I love museums and create art otherwise. And also in textiles, of course, is my my number one passion for sure. Speaking of museums, Miss Mimi, you were included as part of the exhibition at the Met in New York City uh, for the Costume Institute's In America, a Lexicon of Fashion. Can you please elaborate on that? Yeah, so it's actually still on view um, until, I believe, September 
5th. Um, so if anybody finds themselves in New York, they can go view this incredible exhibition. So, I mean, words can't really describe that. It's it's something beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I'm so grateful to have uh, been included in it and to be included with the work at the Met Museum, which is just so near and dear to my heart, um, not only as a designer, but also somebody who uh, has worked at and loves and appreciates museums. That's so incredible. What an honor to say that you have had some of your designs in the Met. And anyone who hasn't been to the Met, you can't even get past the bookstore. The bookstore is so insane. Everything that you could possibly be into, art, photography, music, fashion, it doesn't even matter. Byzantine Empire. I mean, it's all there. Books, posters, puzzles, jewelry. It's the most incredible store I've ever seen. And and all of everything the Costume Institute puts on is just mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing. So, I mean, I can't wait. I just renewed my membership to the Met. So excited. I have two free guest passes. Anybody who wants to go with me. Um, and I'm going to see your exhibit or your participation in the exhibit. I cannot wait to see it. And congratulations, Mazel Tov to you. What an incredible, incredible boost to your career. Tell us what to expect from you. What's next? What's coming up? What's big? What's brewing? Obviously, our clothing is based on seasonless philosophy of design. So we continue to create collections and build upon our story in that way. But really, again, the Mimi Prober brand, I think my hope is to really, you know, be able to, to share our clothing and continue to do that, but to also broaden it into more of a, a philosophy um, that we've we've been working on and educating uh, the community. So do you see yourself maybe doing workshops or teaching people the dyeing process? Do you see yourself expanding your line or selling bigger, more pieces? What's your hope? I've definitely taught workshops, uh, botanical dyeing, as well as embroidery. We've done quite a few educational collaborations with with FIT, as well as I did a residency uh, last November at Cornell University. I was their designer in residence, so I worked with uh, the students uh, on their collections, and we did gallery exhibition and a keynote. Um, so I'd love to continue to do things like that. Um, it's wonderful to work with the next generation. And I think they're so inspiring as well. So what an incredible story that you got to be the in-house designer at Cornell. Wow. I mean, you're like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I mean, it's that's incredible. What an honor to be selected to do that. I mean, I definitely would think it would be so fun to take a workshop or learn how to do the weaving process or the dyeing, botanical dyeing. I think that would be so interesting. And, you know, kudos to you for finding real purpose in this world and, and really trying to make a difference one piece of clothing at a time, because that's really what you're doing, to be quite honest with you. It's labor of love, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Again, I only want to create in a way that really has a purpose because there is so many other clothing that's already out into the world. <laughs> yeah, but it's consistency. It's telling people your story and why it matters. And not everything in your closet has to be, you know, custom made or hand dyed or sustainable, but the more that you tune into it, in my opinion, I feel like it gets addicting. 
you sent me two beautiful things. I bought a skirt from you and I was, you know, looking online. I'm like, what else does she have that I want? It gets addicting because then your clothes mean something. And then when you wear it, your energy changes. I think that's a really good point. You know, energy and meaning, we need to understand that actual people make the clothing and uh, what that means to the people that are buying it. And maybe it does, you know, inspire them to buy a little differently or just to understand that there's actual people that <laughs> that are that are involved in this creation. And maybe if question, I guess the other thing is really just questioning if you have a brand that you love questioning where that clothing came from, how, it right. was, you know, because the consumer really is the one that can change the world um, in the way that they do purchase uh, their pieces. Do you show at Fashion Week or anything? I have. Yes. <laughs> this September, you going to show or do you know, or is it a secret? I mean, I definitely have been doing uh, some capsule collections. We've done, you know, season pieces uh, for our retail partners. Uh, But again, like I actually kind of love the idea of going against the fashion calendar. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But but yes, we've we've consistent consistently presented our collection either at New York Fashion Week or through through Vogue, um, as well as different platforms that really connect. Um, I I think we've done runway shows and they're amazing, you know, and beautiful. But I do think there's a shift in at least in the way that I want to present my pieces. So I love intimate presentations and appointments. And no, I hear you. I I hear you. It's. It's so fun as a consumer to go to the fashion shows, uh, but it's not for everybody. And it's really expensive. Let's be honest. It's it's really expensive to to put on a production like that. So anywhere you present, we will be front row. We will be cheering for you. We will be wearing your pieces. We'll be supporting you. Tell us what retail partners you have and where we can purchase your items. Yeah, so I think some of the most local, I mean, they're not not in Atlanta, but, uh, you know, we have Hampton, um, current who has the current collection, Habits um, in Wyoming. Uh, Still Studio also is an incredible uh, smaller store um, in Iowa uh, who aligns so much with my philosophy. Um, and then our other, you know, retail partners have been Matches and Browns and can find our clothing in those places, you can reach out to uh, us. You know, we have our atelier. We have, you know, sell do custom pieces as well, like I mentioned. And if boutique, also another one of our retail partners. Uh, so really, the select collection is available with our retail partners. Um, you know, if boutique, Hampton Clothing, Habits, Still Studio, uh, Matches, Browns. Those are just a few stockists. Well, all of these links are going to be in the show notes. So if you're interested in meeting Mimi or talking to her or finding out more about her collections or her retail partners or where she sells, you will certainly be able to do that. She is so lovely and so nice. Tell us where we can find you on social media. So it's just Mimi Prober. Instagram. Our website is MimiProber.com. And yeah, you can find us there. What an honor it was to speak to you today. I cannot thank you enough for your time, your efforts, your sustainability, your practices, your integrity. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. 
I am thrilled. I definitely, you know, would love to work with you again or see you again. And I'm excited to style your pieces and 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 show you what I can do with them. And I would love, love, love to have you back. Anytime you want to talk about your collection, please let us know. And you are always welcome, friend of the podcast, Mimi Prober. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Holly, for the kind words. And again, it's such a pleasure to be here and to connect with you and your audience. And I know we will uh, definitely be seeing each other soon. Oh, for sure. Y'all heard it here first. Mimi Prober, BFD, big fucking deal. Look her up, connect with her, follow her, send her an email, send her snail mail, find out about her clothes, make what you wear matters. She's putting all this time and effort and energy into the clothing. Um, Y'all, let's support her. She is insanely incredible, so sweet, unbelievable, super nice, loving her. Thank you so much again for joining. We loved having Mimi Prover. She will definitely be back. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast. My name is Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, the hostess with the mostest, and as always, the only Holly you need to know. Please sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on social media. Make sure you hit us up. Let us know what you're loving. Give us some feedback, and we really appreciate all of the Fashion Insider besties. Thank you so much again for listening. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast, and we are out.